Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. All right, I'm going. I'm Annie Reese, and this is Politico Dispatch. There are millions of tons of grain currently stuck in Ukraine. And this is Meredith Lee. I'm a food and agriculture reporter at Politico. You know, the food crisis, food not being able to get from Ukraine to other parts of the world, is really tied into the military conflict, but it's also spreading out from there. And it's touching all, you know, every economic, social piece of our, of every society. On the show today, how the war in Ukraine is threatening a key part of the world grain supply, where tens of millions of tons of grain are currently stuck in Ukraine. A major part of their economy is agriculture and those grain exports keep the economy going and the government going. And so the big problem right now is that Russia's military blockade is keeping those grain exports from leaving the country via the Black Sea. And why time is running out. There is a very narrow window, especially as Russia seems to be faltering on some of its attempts to push militarily in the South. And as it's trying to push militarily in the East, U.S. lawmakers think that there is this narrow window that they can help reestablish port operations at the port of Odessa, the only port in Ukraine still under Ukrainian control, and ship all of this grain out that's been sitting ahead of the July wheat harvest, where there's going to be obviously millions more tons of grain harvested and shipped to Odessa in order to be exported. And so even as Ukrainian farmers are facing heavy fighting, Russians are reportedly stealing grain, targeting grain silos and other farm equipment. They are expected to have a pretty substantial harvest this summer. But I was talking to David Beasley, the head of the World Food Program last week, and he made the point that even if they're able to harvest all of this food, if the port isn't working, if there's no humanitarian corridor to get this grain out of the country, it's not going to matter. There's going to be millions of tons of grain that basically spoil or they're going to have to, you know, till crops under and basically, you know, throw them away. And so in terms of the point of this blockade, because Ukraine is a big exporter of agriculture, Russia sees it as crucial to cut them off financially? Right. Basically, there are, there are two consequences of the Russian military blockade in the Black Sea. First, it's, it's financially strangling Kyiv, the Ukrainian economy in general, that really relies on agriculture long term mm-hmm. for its survival. And, but it's also wreaking havoc on the global, on global food supplies. Places across North Africa, the Middle East, even places in Europe around the world, count on Ukrainian grain, things like wheat, corn, cooking oils even, for a major part of their daily food supply. And without those supplies getting out of Ukraine, governments across the world are basically scrambling to find new sources. And we're seeing even food prices in the United States and other countries Mm -hmm. that haven't relied on Ukraine as much in the past, even our food prices are ticking up. And U.S. lawmakers are trying to figure out if there's a way that the United Nations and the Red Cross could help facilitate 
a humanitarian corridor that would allow ships carrying that grain to leave Odessa, the port in Ukraine, and make it through the Black Sea safely. Any kind of humanitarian corridor like that, lawmakers have different opinions about whether that should be a UN-led and Red Cross-led initiative, or if that should also include NATO and have basically NATO ships enforce that humanitarian corridor. And that obviously becomes incredibly politically fraught quite quickly if NATO gets involved. That has the potential to spur serious retaliation from Russia. Mm. And that's something that the Biden administration has been very careful to prevent. They did not support a no-fly zone over Ukraine. Yeah. In a similar instance where they didn't want NATO planes, NATO jets, enforcing a no-fly zone, it seems like there's very little appetite in the administration to have NATO enforce any kind of humanitarian corridor. So in the event that this is too complicated to do in the Black Sea, what are other solutions that they are looking at to get this grain out of Ukraine? Right. So European officials have been looking at and and actually have deployed in recent days new efforts to increase the flow of grain over land from Ukraine out through different countries via truck and rail and other efforts. That is a very laborious, very time-consuming and expensive ordeal that even those European officials acknowledge isn't able to take the same amount of volume of grain as shipping it out via seaport at, you know, Ukrainian port like Odessa. But that's obviously not a long-term fix. And why is that not a long-term fix? Because that's not able to to move the amount of grain that Ukraine needs to, mm. basically. You mentioned lawmakers. It sounds like the Black Sea route is the one that's really politically complicated because of the involvement with NATO and the retaliation that it could spark. So where are lawmakers at on this? It is a bipartisan call. Republicans and Democrats are are increasingly paying attention to this and they're increasingly talking to other lawmakers, talking to administration officials about what can be done here. And in particular, there are two Democrats, Jason Crow of, of Colorado and Chris Coons of Delaware, Senator Chris Coons, who have been talking with administration officials and trying to sort out if there is any way, basically, to reestablish these port operations and try to get these food supplies out of Ukraine. Yeah. Jason Crow, in, in particular, was one of the lawmakers that a few weeks ago traveled to Kiev, met with President Zelensky. And one of the things um, Representative Crow told me is that when he was speaking with President Zelensky, they specifically talked about the port of Odessa, how important it is to Ukraine's economic survival and also the global food security of the world. And they were specifically talking about ways that the United States could help clear the port of the basically the floating mines in the sea that Ukrainians placed there in order for to stop any kind of Russian advance in the early days of the inv- of the invasion. Mm-hmm. And it's just an incredibly complicated set of requirements that need to happen in order to get those mines cleared 
Ukraine doesn't have a demining ship that can do that. So the United States or another country would have to sail a military demining ship mm. into the Black Sea to the port of Odessa. And that's also another problem because Turkey, after Russia invaded Ukraine, they completely banned any military ships from entering the Black Sea to try to tamp down on the escalation there. And so the United States or another country would have to sort out some sort of agreement with Turkey in order to even get a demining ship to Odessa. But again, it is also potentially very politically fraught and, and could trigger retaliation from Russia, who would obviously see any kind of activity so close to Crimea and on other Russian-occupied areas in the Black Sea as a, you know, a direct escalation in the military conflict. Mm-hmm. And lawmakers right now, um, as they're pushing for the $40 billion Ukraine aid package to get through Congress for the president to sign it for those weapons to get to Ukraine, part of their urgency is because of fighting in, in eastern Ukraine and the Donbass, but also because lawmakers are so worried about Odessa in particular as it's increasingly coming under Russian bombardment that if Ukrainians lose control of Odessa that they will lose long-term control over their access to global trade routes and also the really the engine of its economy of its economic survival and and there is no resolution right now. Meredith Lee, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you. Also in the news, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who led a delegation of Senate Republicans to meet with Ukrainian President Zelensky in Kyiv on Saturday, said that he expected the Senate to approve a $40 billion aid package for Ukraine on Wednesday. And Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, who is running in the state's U.S. Senate primary, is recovering from a stroke he suffered on Friday. His campaign announced the news about the stroke on Sunday. Fetterman is the favorite to win the Democratic nomination on Tuesday. Other candidates in the race include U.S. Representative Connor Lamb and State Representative Malcolm Kenyatta. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet. And if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening.